and welcome to this week's episode of the Tiger Shulman Smithtown Podcast. I'm Sensei James Leonelli, owner and head instructor of Tiger Shulman's here in Smithtown. Once again, I am back in my home recording space, ready to give you guys a little more food for thought and explore a martial arts topic with you guys this week. I hope this week has been treating you well and that this keeps uh, your week going in that positive direction. So to that end, let's think about, the, let's get to, I should say, the thought or the topic that I had for today. So one thing that I hear all the time, and I hear it from my students, you know, if ever they go to one of the other Tiger Shulman schools and they happen to make the acquaintance of uh, a Tiger Shulman instructor who happens to be one of the guys who fights in the UFC, or if they go to like our tournament that happens twice a year and meet some of the guys that fight in the UFC or meet them any other place, you know, a fight event or something like that. And again, anytime one of my students meets one of these people, the one remark I always hear about any of them, it doesn't matter which of the guys that it is. I know it could be Lyman Good, it could be Nick Pace, it could be Jimmy Rivera, it could be Mike Trezano, and the list obviously goes on and on and on. Julio Arce, uh, I could continue, but I think we get the point. <laughs> Nonetheless, um, the one thing that everybody says about these guys, no matter which one it is, is they were such nice guys. They were so down to earth and so cool. They were so humble. And that brings me to what I want to talk about this week. Why is it that martial arts so often breeds humility in a person, in the martial artist who's doing it? And I think there's a couple of different factors. Um, the simplest that I think is that martial arts has a very simple way of humbling you, of killing pride in a very, very easy way. Right. Let's, I'll use my school as an example. Let's think about it this way. Someone comes into my school and it doesn't matter what their background athletically is. They could be someone who is currently very athletic and does very athletic things, whatever the case may be. They could be somebody who is hasn't been athletic in 20 years. No matter who they are, when they take that class, the beginner class, right, the no contact, you know, hitting the bag with a partner class, at the end of that class, they are humbled. Well, why are they humbled? Simple, because no matter what kind of shape you're in, no matter <clears throat> how long it had been since you exercised last, you walk out of that class and you have found that super tiring spot. <clears throat> you found that spot where you're covered in sweat, where you're huffing and puffing, where all sorts of muscles are burning. And it's really hard to be prideful in those moments. Don't get me wrong, you have pride in your accomplishment, but obviously that's not the pridefulness I'm talking about. I'm talking about the overbearingness. It's funny, we see fake bravado from people quite often. When you see someone who uh, blows up their own chest and has to talk about how good or how tough they are, 
you know, and, you know, this arrogant and all that. We see that arrogance from people. And so, so often it's an act. I, I, I've met very few people who really are as arrogant as they sound. All right? It's funny. The people I found who are truly arrogant, they don't sound like they're arrogant. They put on the facade the other way. And I think the people who put on the outward arrogant facade, they're not confident at all. They're very weak. Right? They have no strength of character. So let's get back to the humility, though, and why that moment is so humbling. Well, simple. At that point, when you have completely exhausted yourself, not only have you pushed your body to its limits, where you can look around the room and see maybe other people who aren't feeling it nearly as much as you, because obviously they've been doing it longer. Right? And in that moment, you're like, wow, I thought I could get through this class and it wouldn't be challenging at all. But now I see, wow, that's a humbling moment where you realize, wow, this is so challenging, so much more challenging than I thought it was going to be. Even if I thought it was going to be challenging, I didn't think it was going to be this challenging. Right? And you're also humbled in, in, in the technical sense as well. When you're thinking about learning all these new skills, when you're thinking about uh, you know, learning, like think about it, how many people go through their adult life kicking things? I mean, unless you played soccer for a lot of years, the odds of you having a place where you constantly are, you know, kicking things and you use your legs, you know, you're trying to have the dexterity to aim them and so forth. It's, it takes quite a while for us to build that coordination. Right. Now, moving right along. That challenge can be very humbling as well. Right? That's the thing. That's why I'm going to generalize a little here. It's why adults aren't as good at being beginners at things as kids are. Simple reason. For a kid, they're new at everything that they do. Right? If you're eight years old, there's a great many things in this world that you have not yet done. So because of that, you're very new at everything and you're very used to being a beginner. You have lots of practice at being a beginner at something. So to you, it makes sense. It's old hat. It's easy. However, when you're an adult and you haven't been outside your comfort zone in a long time, you've been at your career for a very long time, you've been with your partner for a very long time, it's been a long time since you're uncomfortable, you've been in your home for a long time. As soon as you step outside of that comfort zone, that can be a little scary. And like I said, it's why it's difficult for adults to be beginners. They're not used to not being good at things. They're not used to being new at stuff. They're out of practice at it. It's funny. Some things as a kid that we go through, we make mistakes on because we lack life experience. Other times, experience is a detriment, like in this case, where you're so experienced at life that it's been so long since you've been humbled by being a beginner. Right? Like A silly example is learning to snowboard or ski. Right? You do one of those skills, and I don't care how athletic you normally feel, I don't care 
you know, how balanced you normally feel or whatever. You get humbled real, real quick on that snowboard when you can't stop yourself, when you're sliding, you can't make the kind of turn that you want to make or whatever. Uh, when you're having the, when uh, you're being taught the same skills like a five-year-old who's learning to, to snowboard for the first time, that's very humbling. Why? It's a, it's a skill set and being a beginner at it, at this very unique skill, it's new, it's, it's difficult for a lot of people. But let's go back to Marshalls and talk about why humility, and continue down the path of why humility, I should say, is such a common thing. The other thing that martial arts reminds us all the time is how, for lack of a better word, powerless a beginner, someone who knows nothing about this, would be. Here's what I mean. You're a beginner. You know nothing. You've done nothing athletic in 10 or 15 years. You come in the room, and in the room is you know a 19-year-old woman who's like you know 130 pounds, but she's been training for six, eight months. She hits the bag. It flies off her fist. She kicks the bag. It moves when she does. She never stumbles. She's never off balance. She, she's mastered her basics really, really well. Now, you're that person who's watching that other person do this. And now, you are trying to do the same thing. You hit the bag, it doesn't move. You try to kick the bag, you fall off balance. Right? It makes you realize that even as tough as you feel, you're nowhere near as tough as this young lady. Right? She's that much more coordinated, that much stronger. If push came to shove, uh, her punches and kicks are way better than yours. You're at a big disadvantage there. And this continues through the part of martial arts where you start to work with a partner. Right? When you start to do things where you're working with a partner and you get a higher sense of how powerless somebody would be without understanding these techniques, without understanding how to defend themselves, when you reach that point, man, it's tremendous. It's huge to reach that moment and see how much an, an impact knowing these things has on you. Let's go to the basic examples of someone getting a partner. So in the beginner class in my school, like I mentioned, there's no contact, you know, unless you're you know, fist bumping your partner before and after the round, there's no uh, contact in that class. But eventually, you move to jujitsu, where you're learning how to defend yourself on the ground, as well as intermediate kickboxing, where you're learning defenses now, and you're working with a partner on things like focus mitts and tie pads and these type of things. You're working defensive drills. Therefore, uh, you're starting to learn exactly how quickly a person could close distance. You're starting to get a real feel for the power of another person's technique. You, start, you know, even just holding pads for someone, seeing how far away someone can be and still hit you. That can be a humbling experience. Seeing how fast another person can be, that can be a really humbling experience. But I think jujitsu is another one that is a great, uh, for, for lack of a better word here, humbler. And again, if we're going to stick with this idea of just learning the technique, think about it this way. 
a very basic but very powerful position in the world of jujitsu. It's called the mount position. So imagine this. You're laying on your back, your face up. Your opponent is sitting with one knee on either side of your stomach. Their butt's on your stomach and they're facing you. You guys are face to face. This is the mount position. Now, you can imagine from there, if the person on top of you was not a friend, they could strike you, they could choke you, they could do all sorts of horrible things, and you'd be powerless to get away. And it's amazing how when that person, even if it's a friendly situation where you drill in this move with somebody, that person gets in that position, and you realize the type of danger you're in really, really quick. Then you learn how effortlessly you can escape the mountain position if you know what to do. If you know the escapes, it's incredible how quickly a person is able to escape when they know to move that much better. When they know to move that well, it, it's astounding. You're like, wait, this hopeless seeming position is that easy to get out of? Well, yeah, of course it is. Right? When you know what you're doing. But isn't that the wonderful thing about technique? It's always as easy as the technique is. You know, you watch someone kick a soccer ball and it's incredible the way they make the ball spin or arc or whatever and place just where they want it. Why? It's all technique. But I digress. So again, that humility of just seeing and understanding how helpless a person who didn't know these moves would be. That's a humbling experience as well. Realizing how much you don't know. Realizing how much a disadvantage you might be at for someone who's trained much, much longer than you. That's a very big deal. But moving right along. As we move towards more competitive parts of martial arts, this humility lesson only continues. What do I mean by competitive? parts of martial arts very simple um, when it comes to higher levels of jujitsu higher levels of kickboxing you're not just uh, drilling with the person you're not just going through the basic uh, you know escapes if it's jujitsu uh, you know or positioning or learning basic moves uh, in kickboxing you're not just doing drills Eventually, at a very high level, after you've been training for a very long time, and you have a very good handle on all of those basic drills and moves and stuff, eventually you get to the point where you start to go live, where you start to put things together. You're starting to do what you would call free spar or free grapple, where now that person, you guys, you and your partner, are essentially simulating live combat in either a ground situation, obviously less strikes, or a kickboxing situation. And again, when you see how good people are, how fast this trained person in front of you is, it's a very humbling experience. But the key thing that happens is, as you go with people who are really good, and you get, quote-unquote, beat, right? they get the better of you in training. Either they kickbox better and they land more strikes than you, Hopefully they're, they're not smashing, they're just touching the vulnerable spots and letting you see what's open. But 
when you go to jujitsu, maybe they're flowing from position to position. You can just tell who is in the driver's seat. Again, knowing that you're, again, there's no really losing in training because it's not that competitive. You're not trying to win and lose. But when you know, like, okay, this person definitely got the better of this round. Very humbling experience. Someone who can lose to other people who are trained all the time, it's going to increase that humility big time. Seeing how much better other people are. Seeing, going with people who are way more experienced than you. Going with people who are way more skilled than you. It just helps to bring your humility down. Or to bring you to that more humble place, I should say. I mean, if you think about it, we talked about this a little bit last week when we were talking about the journey. And I mentioned that going with someone who is more experienced than you, as long as they're cool, was a good thing. This is another great example of being humble. Being humbled, I should say. You go with someone who's much, much better than you. You're going to know that they're way better than you. And that's a good thing, knowing that, that they're better than you. Especially if you can trust them. It's a very helpful thing. I mean, I've been training for a very long time. I go with someone who's been training for a very short uh, amount of time, relatively. Obviously, I should get the better of them. But more importantly, I should do it in such a way where they know, you know who got the better of it, but no one gets injured. Right? There's nothing worse than working with a partner that you can't trust to take care of you. Right? But when you're that partner who can take care of the other person who's skilled enough, that's humbling too. Because the, the cool thing about martial arts is, as much as it is a one-to-one competition, you know, striving to find that place I talked about before where you're covered in sweat and you're huffing and puffing and you know, you, you've pushed your body to its max, as much as that's humbling, as much as learning the skills over and over and over and over again are humbling, as much as being quote-unquote defeated by a partner in class is humbling. The beautiful thing about this whole process is there's always a bigger fish. There's always somebody who's been training longer or who is better or who's more skilled. And if not, there's people who who are a very close competition to you that it's going to go back and forth. You know, there are some instructors that I work with and, you know, belt ranks aside, you know, if they're higher to me or lower, I mean, that's not what's important. Sometimes I get the better of them. Sometimes they get the better of me. Continually humbling each other. And I think that is like key among the things that keeps martial artists from being outwardly aggressive, from being, you know, jerks, <laughs> from not having to put on that false bravado because they're humbled all the time. They know what they're capable of. They know what their level of capability is versus an untrained person. And I think it it just deflates all that pride, all that that, that vengeful, angry pride, and allows them to just be who they truly are. So that's all I have for you guys. As always, I'm going to ask you guys first, please make sure, subscribe so you get new episodes every weekend. Or every week, I should say. Make sure you guys leave a rating on wherever you listen. Also, please make sure to share the podcast. Help the audience grow that little bit extra. You know, if everybody 
refers one person to the podcast, imagine how quickly it would grow. As I continue, uh, you can reach me via email, senseileonelli at gmail.com. On Twitter and Instagram, I am at sensei underscore Leonelli. On Facebook, I'm Sensei James Leonelli. You can find my school online at tsksmithtown.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at tsmma underscore smithtown. You can find the podcast on Instagram as well, at tssmithtownpodcast. You can find out more about the Tiger Shulman's organization as a whole at tsk.com. And until next time, my friends, I'll see you guys on the mat.